Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. Tio. Hi, I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. And Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play JR the Crooked. So, we have finished our second mystery. It was very exciting. Once again, you did not die. (laughs) Again, you came close. Yay! Pretty close. But you didn't die. Which means this is another interlude episode where we're going to check in on how our characters are doing. But first, I wanted to check in and see how you all are doing after the second mystery. How are you feeling? It's like a meta question, like personally how I'm feeling, Gwen, because like I'm me, super Kyle excited Levine, to record again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> me, Kyle Levine, yeah. or, or me, Alvin Hughes. Who are uh, we both. channeling Either. here? <laughs> oh, Alvin Hughes hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, JR feels uh, also, also hurts and uh, working through some complex emotions. Uh, Hannah, on the other hand, is super pumped. To get through some difficult conversations. <laughs> um, Constance no longer remembers what not hurting is like. Um, and would love to soak in a nice warm bath and forget about it all. But that's no longer an option either. This is Constance's living hell. Is really what's happening right now. If you ever take the infirmary move for your haven, it's just going to be that bathtub. It's just the bathtub <laughs> yep. is oh going God. to actually adopt <laughs> magical properties. Ooh, it's like a bacta tank. Oh, yes. Yeah. A magic <laughs> bacta tank. You know, he's going to take full advantage of that magic bacta tank. A bubbly bacta tank. Me. I need to have some sort of like. The IV. bubble bacta. The bubble bacta. Oh. You, oh, you, you want to put a lock on that door? You want to put a lock on that door? You want to try and lock me out? <laughs> well, just, just yeah, JR, give, you give practice. Out. Give it a With your skeleton key. Oh, yeah, wait. don't forget, you are currently without your skeleton key. Mm. You think that JR hasn't ever picked a lock before she found the magic yeah, key? Fair point, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> this just sped up the process. Really. It did. How did you all feel about the consensus? Yeah, that was cool. Did not like it. <laughs> I mean, didn't Zero like it out of five <laughs> in terms of likability uh, for Constance. <laughs> Very but scary. five out of five in terms of monster and monster fantasticness from Tio. <laughs> I would agree with that assessment. I would give it a zero out of five in Jer's um, uh, happiness scale, but definitely super creepy. Mm hmm. The consensus was a lot of fun for me. So the first monster, obviously, the Strigoi, was kind of a solo hunter. And so I didn't get to use one of the main systems of Monster of the Week, which is minions. Right. And so with this one, I really wanted to get into that a little bit more. And so... You sure did. I swung the opposite way. I went all minions. (laughs) Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. I'm guessing also, Quinn, that we did, unfortunately, because of some actually good roles, uh, rob you of some opportunities to have the consensus take us over. Am I guessing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that there we was- We didn't some... get to talk about that. Yeah, because like, I got a flash of it, but everybody rolled good enough. We managed mm-hmm. to either miss the spores or- I think Alvin, you got the most time. With I got hit like the- three times. Yeah, yeah, and you managed to get out of them every single time. But I'm super weird. Yeah, 
Yeah, you definitely could have become a thrall of the consensus if you had failed one of those roles. If you had gotten a mixed success, it would have partially taken you over and could have like used your eyes and ears or imposed like a disadvantage on on a specific role. So uh, if it had been a mixed success, I would have had a couple of holds to hold over you. Is it too much behind the screen to ask like if Alvin in that very first little poof had failed and become a thrall of the consensus, would, would I just like kick it the rest of the adventure? No, I don't think that. I mean, this is the behind the scenes <laughs> like, time. Oh, cool. All right. So basically, I had plans for all of you if you had failed. And Kyle, you, your character, Alvin, he would have become part of the consensus. Mm-hmm. What we would have done for any of the three of you, really, is uh, done some focused flashbacks while the consensus was in control. Right. You sort of eventually learned that loud sounds can disrupt the thrall. Mm-hmm. You could have recovered a enthralled comrade. But yeah, if you had failed that role, you would have been a consensus friend. Woo. Mm. Well, glad I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> there's a weird thing that happens where while we're recording, I very much get into the game mindset of, no, we must win. We must survive. And then later right. I look back, I'm like, yeah, it would have been kind of cool, though, if Constance had been taken <laughs> over by the consensus. At the time, I'm really happy. But then later, you know, it uh, would have been an interesting journey. Yeah, it's always a reminder that, like, when you fail, that actually, like, narratively makes the story more interesting, even when you're like, God damn it, I just (laughs) lost my key, or I got frozen, or, like, any number of things happens, is it makes it interesting, even though you're Oh, yeah. (laughs) Failure is really fun. It is. (laughs) And that's why the system is so great. Mm -hmm. Well, you all did survive. You did not get consensified or consortiumized so that means we get to do end of session experience yay so i got a couple questions for y'all did you conclude the current mystery i believe so yes hell yeah yeah we murdered a mushroom tree (laughs) yep i don't know how much more concluded you can get perfectly succinct summary (laughs) nothing more (laughs) needs to be said uh did you save someone from certain death or worse? Probably a whole yeah. bunch of people. Yeah, yeah I think I the think whole so. town can kind of say thank you. Yeah, I think certain death or worse, you know, becoming part of the hive mind, probably a fate on par with death. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you probably, I think you saved a whole bunch of people. Mark us down for like at least 50. <laughs> Minimum. Yeah. Sadly, mm-hmm. there's no economies of scale here for experience. Um, Shit. Drat. Did we learn something new and important about the world? We learned a lot about mines. We got that thing. We <laughs> yeah. did learn a lot about so mines. That's good. We did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We learned and so much about mines important. and mine safety. That will come in handy, I'm sure. Oh, no, we did learn something useful. Okay. We learned that there's weird shit going on at the basement of the lab. That is very true. Oh. That's true. Yeah. We learned yeah, some weird counts. stuff about the lab. Of course, because it's the lab in this quiet little. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did we learn stuff about the... Oh, no, that was consensus. The birds in the forest. Yeah. 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 The birds, the wolf, the police, all of it was was consensus. Mm-hmm. And not a very elaborate bioengineered security <laughs> system. Yes. No robo-security birds. Sorry, Constance. We learned a bit about the investigative group in Firmament, like Leon and Jasper and... Mm-hmm. Was it in the, oh, the nurse? yeah. Yeah. Cecilia. The, uh, Cecilia. Well, that's right. Cecilia. Which we know is the Daylight Society, but like our characters do not yet know what the name of it is. Yeah, you learned a little bit more about them, the organization, which Leon appears to be at the helm of. So yeah, I think you definitely learned something new and important about the world. And they're so far helpful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? I became more wolf-like, this arc. Mm. Yeah. Is this the arc that we found the secret weapon stash in Constance's house? I think this is the first time that we used it appropriately. Yeah. We learned that JR can use magic without the key. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair enough. I think you've learned more about Alvin's shape-shifting. You've learned more about JR's magical abilities. You've learned a little bit more about Constance's boonie and the strange things that she keeps in the loft. So that's a yes to all four questions. So everybody mark two experience. Woo! And then let's take care of anyone who has leveled up. Constance and JR, I believe you had already leveled up last time. Uh, Alvin, does that get you to another one? No. I uh, leveled, I believe, last episode. Yeah. Okay. Constance, JR, do you know what advancements you'd uh, like to take? Constance, you've got a more exciting one. So why don't I go first and get my boring one out of the way and then you can do yours. Sure. So I'm going to take a stat boost. I'm going to take the improvement to get plus one tough. So that is going to take JR from a negative one tough to a zero. Sounds good. I think that makes sense. You've gotten in a few more scrapes, gotten out of a few tough situations, and been shot a few more times. So it makes Yay. sense that you would be a little bit more tough, a little bit more scrappy. Yeah, yeah. So that's mine. Yay, very exciting. Constance? Okay, so I'm going to take another move from my playbook. I'm going to take preparedness, which is when you need something unusual or rare, you roll plus sharp. On a 10 plus, you have it right here now. On a 7 to 9, you have it, but not here. It will take some time to get it. On a miss, you know where it is, but it's somewhere real bad. <laughs> so <laughs> this could be good or <laughs> terrible. I like it. There is a way that I would like to narratively play this. Yeah, lay it on me. So what I'm imagining is that as part of this interlude, Constance is really in need of Frankly, probably in need of a whole lot of therapy. In general, everybody is. But in lieu of doing that, she does some retail therapy. She's been eyeing this like fancy women's collective backpack that's supposed to be for going out into the outdoors in a way that she never would. But it just looks rugged and cool. And it's got a great ad for it as she's scrolling through her feed. And she likes to imagine she could be the person in this ad so she impulse buys this. Um, <laughs> it is very expensive and it arrives and it is, let's say, like 40% of the quality that she, like, as good of quality <laughs> as she thought it was going to be. But she's too embarrassed to, like, say that she got ripped off. So she does carry it around and it does have a lot of pockets that she can fill with things. But because it's not the best quality, Sometimes those pockets tear and rip and things fall out or just go into nowhere. <laughs> oh, um, I love this. It's excellent. So it's like a little mini haven for the road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is. Well, it's kind of a shitty haven. <laughs> yeah. So you can load it up with things from your Boonie studio, but there's no guarantee they're going to make make the trip. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I love it. Yeah, that's perfect. Woo. Cool. So I think we're ready to jump in here. I imagine the three of you in the studio, sitting around the couches around a coffee table, and the broken disc fragment that you recovered is just kind of there, eyeing all three of you as you sit in silence. In a moment of the silence, Alvin just leans forward and like pokes the disc. Alvin, it's stop! Weird. Alvin, stop! Stop touching! 
Alvin, every time you touch it, you feel like a kind of a pleasant tingle run up Ooh. your hand and like up to your shoulder. It's almost like the opposite of touching silver. Alvin, stop. No, I don't want to. Stop, stop. No. Alvin, no. stop. No. Alvin, stop. No. Give me the. And I take it. I'm in it. my happy place. I'm in my happy place. I take place. it. <laughs> it's like a little, it's like, it's like licking a battery. It's nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I remove the batteries from my TV remote and put them in my pocket. <laughs> so Alvin, have you got like more control now over your, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> mm. oh. oh. There we Thanks. go. Whoa. Just the, just the face. It's listen. It, I need a little inspiration, kind of to like get in the mood to really like, woo. But right, right, you know, it's it's new to me. It was scary at first. You know, I didn't, I didn't really have control the first time. It's been okay since then. It's probably okay going forward. Okay, so yeah, I don't, I don't think you have to worry about that. It is a little itchy though when I when I get in this. So hold on, let me just. Wow, that better. is a That's great better. party trick, man. <laughs> it's kind of a good party trick. I mean, it's a good trick. <laughs> Depends on the party. Dep- yeah, yeah, it really yeah. does. Um, I would like to look at the disc. When I touch it, does it also give me a fun feeling? Uh, No, it does not. You touch it and you don't feel this sensation that Alvin is describing. Mm-hmm. Constance Whenever you get close to it, you feel that sense of panic that you got the first time, mm-hmm. but nothing nothing else comes of it. It's just this notion that you should stay away from it. You said that it makes you feel kind of nice and spry, Alvin. I'm yeah, not going like to lie. A, like a tingle, like a disc tingle. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel nothing. I'm just going to... I'm dead no. inside. <laughs> huh. See... Maybe because I'm youngest. Um... It kind of uh, stresses me out. It makes me feel like I need to get away from it. I I almost feel like it's like you touch your finger on an open stove and then you know never to do that. I kind of have a feeling like I've touched my finger on an open stove before, Um, but I know I haven't because I don't remember ever seeing this thing before, but this more likely than not is connected to my boonie, but I am not getting those good vibes you are. And then I hesitantly pick it up and hold it just to make sure that when I actually touch, touch it, like nothing worse happens. There's no physical response to touching it, but that sense of dread intensifies. It's not your fear, but it is having a palpable reaction on your central nervous system. Point of reference, I didn't do a past lives on it last session, right? No. Because I know that we alluded to something with my grandma with it, but we didn't actually dive into that, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to get in touch with my uh, with my boonie. You reach out like you have in the past to try to make contact with your boonie. And when you do, you feel like there is this distance between you. This open space that is rough and choppy in a way that churns your stomach. And I imagine you try a couple times and each time it ends in the same frustrating and nauseating fashion. And you almost get the sense like your boonie is holding back from you. Well, the secret keeping has now spread to my grandma (laughs) because why not? (sighs) Side note, you guys saw Hassan Minaj did a whole thing on uh, how immigrants love to keep secrets. Anyway, 
Very <laughs> true. Your mom's, she is your mother's mother. Yeah, apparently. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, JR, do, do these symbols look familiar to you at all? If I have my key. Oh, Christ on a cross. I still gotta find it. Where'd that go? Yeah. I don't know. Where did you last see it? Well, it got snatched away from me on the porch. Don't you remember when I, you know, just opened the door for a very dumb reason? Don't totally remember you put why. Out like a classified ad. Alvin, did you wake I... up with a key in your pocket? Well, I think there was some discussion last session that the symbols on this thing look like the symbols that are burned into my hand. They do. Cool. One of them cool. matches one of the symbols that is burned into your hand. I hold it up and I point to Constance. See, matchy. You see it? It matches. Oh, this explains that feeling of dread that we feel for. Wait, what? <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. I'll hold it for you. <laughs> I don't know if I like this super confident Alvin. This is just a little braggadocious. No battery looking for you, sir. I will hold on to this because I'm apparently the only one that this thing doesn't react to. So no, Alvin, you don't get to touch this thing. No, and Constance, you don't like it. So I'll hold on to it. How about that? Problem solved. Okay. Well, you guys are are goofing. I get up. (laughs) I'm not goofing. I'm brainstorming here. I beg your pardon. I quietly get up and uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to start looking through my books, pull any books about symbols and start assigning homework, essentially. <laughs> Let's see if we can figure out what this thing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, real quick, JR, can you put your hand out? Yeah. You can take, okay, can you, you want... put it next to the disc? Oh, you want a picture of it? Yeah, here you go. Yeah. So, Alvin, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. I can't really go ahead and put a want ad in the paper. Oh. Do you think you understand maybe why it would be a bad idea for me to to put? Did you did you get the picture? Is it good? Do you need any more? Oh, I'm okay. I'm good. good I'm good, now good. I'm now looking through some books and Perfect. um I did roll to investigate a mystery. How'd you do? Yeah. <laughs> Let's resolve this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um well huh. <laughs> it's actually not that bad i'm making it i just i really wanted it to be a slam dunk and it's not it's a nice decent eight well you get to hold one what a good comfortable number mm-hmm. look no heroes are being made or anything but you know hmm this is going to be interesting um i'm not going to screw you over on the specifics of the question i know what you're trying okay. to do um yeah i'll say what happened here so you don't need to hit all of your books to know that the few symbols that you can see on this disc are not in any language that you would know or understand or would be recorded. There are bits and pieces that could maybe be letters, but they don't belong to any uniformed alphabet. Some are Latin, some are Cyrillic, uh, some are in Arabic, some are in Hebrew, Hindi, Thai, some are in scripts that you don't recognize, but none of them seem to be forming full words. And so it doesn't correspond with any written language that you know of. Okay. So it's kind of like a jumble of things, but no coherent. I don't know. There's part of me that's like, is this some sort of key, like meaning in multiple languages or something like like that? Like a Rosetta Stone? Yeah. 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 Anyway, Alvin, I can't really put (laughs) anything in the paper. Do you get why that would be a problem? Do you need me to write a thing in the paper? 
Yeah, maybe you could put something in the paper under your name. We've got a friend in journalism. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> He's very good at investigating things. Uh, wait! And I grab JR's hand, although I kind of look at JR like, eh? Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And I grab the disc and I line them up and smush them together. <laughs> uh, nothing happens. Oh, man, I got excited. I thought something would happen. Yeah, me too. Okay. Can I t- can I hold it for a sec? Nope. 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 What? Nope. 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 I nope. I mean, we have decided. You guys have. Ho- no. You've been holding it for so you, long. You. <laughs> I want to turn. You have touched it like twenty times today, sir. And I just have. Alvin. Yes. We talked a little bit about your scene. You want to find. Your bicycle, which is still missing. And you need that because that's how you do your, your gig work. That's how you earn money. Yeah. Although winter is coming, so ski season will soon be here. Your your other Excited place of employment. Is, yeah, but. pretty hyped for that. I have been eating more recently, so that's kind of been like an increase in the budget. Yeah. So you need that bike. Mm-hmm. So tell me, how do you go about looking for your bike? I think I, I asked the gang before I head out that morning after if they want to come help look for a bike in the woods. And that probably doesn't go over very well considering what everyone has just been through. So um, <laughs> pass, pass. Thank you for the offering, but pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Alvin actually calls up Leon to see if he'll lend a hand. You give Leon a ring and he answers and says, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm still a little woozy from from the gunshot wound so you gotta promise me we're not gonna fight any monsters but otherwise yes listen if you're if if you're still feeling bad which i guess makes sense because you were shot yesterday that's pretty recent you could just stay in the car that sounds good i might do that yeah it's probably not far from a road i don't expect a were coyote would take much time hiding a bicycle all right yeah i'm in Love to get out of the house a little bit. It's a good excuse. And I've got a big werewolf buddy to protect me, so things can't go too wrong, right? It'll be fun. We'll put some tunes on. Yeah. We'll hang. All right. uh, Swing by in 30 minutes. Sounds good. Cool. 50 minutes later, Leon shows up. (laughs) (laughs) I think we established Leon drives kind of like a beat up red sedan. Mm -hmm. So that's what pulls up to Constance's studio and... uh, he sort of waves at you to hop in. Yeah, bound over and, and hop in. Oh, buddy, it's it's good to see you. Uh, yeah. Especially under, you know, non-weird, non-monster hunting, regular old property theft, property loss situation. Yeah, this is an investigation. It's, you know, our bread and butter. It's what <sighs> we're, we're good at. I've missed the old school investigations. You know, I I always thought... I was would be so interested in just exposing conspiracies and hunting down monsters. But you know what? Monsters hurt. I don't like being shot. Yeah, monsters, um, no, they're I mean, tough. Uh, they kind of, I mean, I mean, they do hurt. It's true. Not you. So anyways, I think I rode my, I took off from here. I was headed home. And I rode down fourth. Okay. So if we start that direction. And the two of you set out. Hmm. Roll me a investigate a mystery, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, seven. Okay. I assume you use your hold for where did it go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The two of you are cruising around, retracing your route away from Leon's apartment, actually, where you, you left. And after a little while of cruising around, you find the spot where you ditched the bike. You recognize it. It's a side road, a little sort of off the, the beaten path. It's not far from the Elkhorn River, uh, so presumably you followed that up, and that's how you wound up on the other side. But uh, there's some tall grass and uh, little copse of trees, and mm-hmm. you recall, though your memory is a bit hazy, that that's where the wildness overtook you, and that's where you ditched your bike. Here, here, Leon, right here, right here. Yeah, okay, okay. and he pulls over. Uh, you can you can stay here if you want. I just gotta. This is this is the last place I remember as I was riding home. So I'm just gonna do a search. I don't know if you want to hop up on top of the car, get kind of a bird's eye view. Uh, I don't know if I can hop up on the car. I could pick you up. You want to sit up there? Uh, yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Hi. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you pick Leon up and you set him on top of the car. What do your elf eyes see? <laughs> Oh, Alvin. Not not a whole lot. It looks like looks like the grass has been disturbed over there and he points and you too can see it. There's some folds in the grass and in the distance. Maybe over there? Ah, good eyes. I'll check it out. Bound over to that spot. You make your way into uh this copse of trees and you're you're not far from the road, but it's pretty shielded and not too far up ahead is your bicycle. <gasps> and it is positioned in somewhat of an odd way. It's not lying down. The kickstand is out, and it's sort of sitting just in the middle of this grove. And you can see, even from a distance, there is something sitting on the seat. Hmm. It looks like some sort of piece of paper. Mysterious. Yeah, walk up to the bike and take a look at that piece of paper. It is a letter. It's in a sealed envelope. The seal is stamped wax, although there doesn't appear to be any particular pattern. It's a heavy stock. Uh, Can I hold it up to the light? Anything coming through? Is it too thick? Yeah, you can't see what's written inside through it, but on the front is your name, Alvin. Huh. Weird. Uh, Pop it open. Alvin, I hope this note finds you well though it would be understandable if that were not the case. I could only imagine how the burden of recent events must weigh on your shoulders. You've borne it commendably, but to contend with the curse of your condition with no knowledge of its origins or peculiarities, well, again, I can only imagine such a hardship. While I do not know your struggle, I do know what it is like to walk the path of an outsider, the toll that it can take on a creature, that it will take on you if it hasn't already. It is from this concern for your well-being that I have a proposition for you, one that I believe can be of mutual benefit to us both. To put it plainly, I have the answers you seek. I know of your affliction, how it befell you, even how to cure you, if that is what you desire. The only recompense that I seek for this information is your assistance in recovering an item of great value, both personal and practical, that was recently taken from my possession. You are, I believe, familiar with both the object and the person who stole it. An antique skeleton key, purloined by one garrulous thief traveling under the moniker J.R. I know you may harbor some affection for her, given the recent scrapes that you have endured together. I do not begrudge such a kinship that is born out of shared struggle. 
though it is the reason I have elected to approach you in this circuitous manner. Nevertheless, it is my sincere hope that you will recognize this offer as an opportunity to elevate the standing of both justice and truth at a moment when such virtues are sorely lacking. Enclosed is a piece of chalk. If you are amenable, inscribe a circle on your front door within the next seven days. Then we can meet to discuss the details face to face. If you feel such an arrangement is not in your best interest, then I wish you great fortitude for what lies ahead. The letter is not signed, but there is what appears to be a drop of blood standing in the bottom corner of the page. And a piece of chalk inside. Um, oh, shit. Alvin reads the letter twice, folds it up, and puts it and the chalk in his pocket, and then picks up the bike and comes bounding back. Ah, found it! Found it! Oh, that was quick. Wow. It was Boom. just right there? Nobody stole Great it? Great victory. No. No, oh. I must have. It, like, fell over. It was, like, hiding in the grass. I don't think anyone saw it. Well, that's great, man. Yeah, I can go back. I can, uh, I can go back to work. Oh, well, I mean, you don't have to. Ski season's coming I, up, right? Go back to the shop? That's true. Well, that'll be good. Yeah. I mean, are you staying around this winter? I'm not going anywhere. You know me. Okay. I got the jackalope, and, <laughs> and he kind of tugs at his collar, really intentionally and obviously. You know the group project we're working on? Mm-hmm. And he kind of looks around. Right. So, right. uh... Yeah. Group I'm not going anywhere. He gives him a wink. Group project. We're going to get to the bottom of the things here, Alvin. Just you wait. Hey, speaking of stuff that you've been into, tell me, how is, like, being in jail? Like, you went to jail, right? <laughs> Briefly. Mostly got you in... You got some street cred. You got shot by the cops, man. <laughs> I did get shot. I could probably sue them. You, yeah, I wonder if that was listen. on tape. Although, JR and I were fleeing from custody, technically. I'm a little surprised they haven't contacted me. Well, I mean, considering what some people are going through currently with the whole being whammied by the mushrooms, they may not all remember exactly what happened. That's true. You know, uh, we recruited a police detective, actually. <laughs> you remember um, You remember that one who picked us up in the, the moonscape? Galvan? Oh, yeah, Galvan. She came in the other day. She's ready to work with us. Yeah, that's good to hear. I guess she was one of the ones who got whammied. Absolutely, definitely was. Yes. We heard a lot from her. I guess not really her. What do you mean? Well, she was the voice. She was kind of like the megaphone for the mushrooms. She was like the mushroom mouth. Yeah. It seems like she messed her up a little bit, but uh, boy, she's fired up now. She, uh, I got to tell you something. You got to keep it secret, though. Oh, yeah, of course. She thinks the chief is covering something up. Really? Yeah. Isn't that wild? Like what kind of stuff? Like he knows about all these monsters and stuff and he's covering it up. Whoa. She doesn't know why, but I think that's our lead. I don't know if we're ever going to get back into that lab, but I think we might have missed our chance. But mm. maybe if the chief knows and he's covering something up, maybe it's connected. Anyway, we don't need to talk shop here, but uh, I'm glad you found your bike. That's great. Yeah, this will be this will be great. You want to ride back to your place? Uh, no, I'll probably take the bike. Tires look okay, and it it doesn't it wouldn't really fit super great in your car. So yeah, fair uh, I can I can just take this back home. Okay, I was I was almost there, anyways. All right. Well, hey, it's Alvin. It's really good to it's good to see you. It's good to spend some time just yeah doing normal yeah, it's stuff. Been good to hang. 
hey, we should uh, we should hit the slope sometime this winter. Yeah, sounds great. I'll see you there. Sweet. All right. Take, take it care, easy, bud. bud. And he starts the car and heads out. I think for the rest of the afternoon, Alvin will will take the bike first. He he will ride home and take a lie down on the bed and just lie there for a while thinking. You're lying down sort of resting for a bit. And as you're doing so, you hear the front door to your apartment starting to jiggle a little bit. And it sounds like someone's trying to get in. It's polite to knock. Who is it? Open the door. Do I recognize the voice? Sounds pretty familiar. Oh. Don't you ever check your phone? Uh, it's charging. I'll get up and open the door. You open the door and there is a, a young woman standing outside. She has long wavy hair and her face is just a mess of dimples and freckles as she beams a broad smile your direction and as soon as you open the door she leaps forward and throws both of her arms around you in a big hug and squeals alvin ah hey sarah how's it going it's so good to see (laughs) you you good uh yeah do you ever do you ever check your phone uh no you know i'm you know i'm just trying to see any of my snapchats Snapchat, no. You didn't get Alvin. Also, no, what is I going mean, on I with had, your? Sorry, I had. And she reaches out and grabs your beard and pulls on it. <laughs> oh, it says Wolfman, what's going on? What is this beard? <laughs> you always were clean shaven. Yeah, you know, it's it just kicked in this year. It's pretty wild, you know. <sighs> I'm trying to just grow it out, see maybe how big it'll get. I like it. It's good. Well, hey, guess what, big bro? I got some good news. I got into yeah. Furman. Oh college. yeah. Oh shit. Oh, shit. You can't hide from the family anymore, bud. I'm moving to Firmament. Oh, shit. This is great news. Uh, do you need anything? Do you want to, like, something to drink? Or, like, what? I mean. Uh, and as she moves inside, you can see she's got, like, a really big bag. Like, a backpack and, a, like, a tote bag. She's like, well, I still <laughs> haven't got my uh, my dorm assignment, so what I could really use is a place to crash for a few days. And right. she throws it down on your couch. I mean, the couch, me couch is Sue couch. Ah, uh, it's so good to see you. I've missed you so much. I've missed you too, Sarah. How's the family? How's the uh, farm? They're doing good, you know. Farm's doing just fine. We're getting... Oh, God, farm things. Um, you know? Cows. Old, old Bess is still turning <laughs> get, out milk. We got a whole... Wait. Litter? That's nope. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, litter of pigs. We just got a whole mess of, of new calves. And, uh, you know, the crops are doing great. All, all manner of, of corn and soybeans. It's it, mom and dad, they, they send their best. They wish you'd call. You never, Alvin, you I, never call. You know, I've been meaning to, but, you know, it's, I've been, you know, I've been doing the hustle. I've been working here. Well, yeah, as I know. Well. You're. Um, you know, catching up on uh, night classes. You got to be getting pretty close to graduating, right? Pretty close. I mean, they keep, you know, they uh, they, they keep uh, adding on requirements each year. They will, you know, they get a re-audit uh, and they reshuffle things. And, you know, class mess. I thought counted doesn't count. Listen, I'll help you through it all. You, you'll you find out, you know, the bureaucracy of well, university. I know you'll, you'll keep an eye out uh, for me. Make sure you show me the ropes. You <laughs> always do. That's right. Yeah. Hey, I can't can't wait to uh, see you on campus. 
Absolutely. Well, you got to help me move in too. Oh, yeah, that's something <laughs> I can definitely do. Uh, well, I'm sorry to surprise you like this. I don't, you know, if you checked your phone ever, you'd, you'd know I was coming, but I tell you what, I'll, I'll go out for a, a quick little walk, scope out the neighborhood so you can get your affairs in order here. Sure, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll <laughs> clean, of course. If, if I knew you were coming, I would have, uh, tidied a bit more. Um, but yeah, I'll clear some space, uh, for you to use while you're, while you're here, while you're waiting for your dorm. Uh, and she gives you a, a big hug and tosses her bag and her suitcase down on the couch. And she gives you a wink and walks out for her little walk. Oh, God. I've got a... I need some fake textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> Not real textbooks. <laughs> this is so expensive. Oh, God. I'm going to have to ask Constance for some textbooks. Hey everyone, Quinn here. Welcome to the intermission. Thanks so much for tuning into episode 13 of Monster Hour, where the real monster is the high cost of college textbooks. That's right, it turns out the big bad was actually the very mundane corporatization of higher education. I want to thank everybody who's been sharing the podcast with their friends, both IRL and on social media using hashtag MonsterHourPod. Much like the consensus, we want to spread the joy of Monster Hour to every vessel on Earth, and your support is key to helping us enact our plan. You have no idea how annoyed I am that I didn't think of that metaphor last episode. Quick programming note before we get back to the show. Before we dive into our next mystery, we're going to be releasing a special holiday episode for you all to enjoy. That'll be coming out on our regular two-week schedule, so make sure you're stocked up on eggnog, yule logs, and all your favorite festive decorations by the time December 17th rolls around. See you then. JR. Yes. You want to follow up with Stony, is that correct? And also, I need to replenish the bath bomb supply. I think it's important that JR does her part. Yes, yes. Stony and Lush. These are the two things. Okay. <laughs> I need to get I think, <laughs> I think we can safely say that uh, off screen, you are able to replenish the bath bomb supplies without incident. Good. But, uh, and I paid money for them. I paid money for them. I did not steal them. I paid did real- Did you steal the money? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a crime, paying for things with stolen money. Probably is, but m- moving on. <laughs> yes, I want to follow up with Stony. Yeah. Stony also wants to follow up with you. I think it's not even a day later after the incident that you get a text message from him that just says we need to meet. Yeah. Okay. Like, where are we- I'm back at the gun range? You tell me. Where would you meet him? Oh, I don't know. Maybe not the gun range. Because is having a lot of really conflicted feelings. And frankly, she also does not want to be around any other law enforcement. Given the um, precarious nature of her previous escape. So maybe, maybe like one of the lookout points that we went to. Is that, would that be a good place? You mean the moonscape? The moonscape might be nice. 
Oh, the lookout. You mean up on top of the yeah, hill that's what where I was that thinking. kid fell. Where we took oh. the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not all the way to the top because that's a long hike and Jer just got another suit. Moonscape could work if it's not after hours. Yeah, I think the Moonscape certainly could work. It's a large badlands with lots of crevices and secure areas. I think there's probably a lookout that's in Olympic Heights that is just a little ways past the gondola that you could go to. Uh, so either of those are options. Let's do the lookout heights because then you can kind of see, like you can see firmament from it, can't you? Yeah, you have a good view of firmament. Yep, yep, that's where we're going to go. Okay, you text Stoney to meet up at the Olympic Heights Overlook, and that's where the two of you meet. By the way, I get there early. Like, he's showing up and I'm already there. Okay, how early do you get there? Uh, <laughs> at least a half an hour before we're supposed to meet. Are you doing anything or are you just there early? No, also I took Constance's car. <laughs> okay. Wait, what? Uh, I mean, the easiest way to get there is to go up the gondola. It's a, a long drive around. I took Constance's and car. And yet? <laughs> okay. I took her car. <laughs> okay. Is JR not like heights? Nope. <laughs> no, she does not. <laughs> Okay. Stoney shows up about 15 minutes early. Uh, of course he does. <laughs> I envision this as like, there's like a bench and the two of you are kind of like sitting on it side by side, almost like spies looking over firmament. <laughs> does that vibe with what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That way I also don't have to like look him in the eye. Yeah. Like I can just look at this view. He sits down. JR. Stony. Nice to see you again. Likewise. So. So. What on earth happened the past two days? Because I got a whole mess of questions. Did you watch the tapes? Oh, yeah. I, I watched the tape and then I destroyed every copy of it. Did you hear it? Or was uh -huh. it just okay? Okay, all right. Well, heard. Right. Uh, I heard me. I mean, not me, but me. I saw a floating key. Got some questions. Um, there were the spores. That was interesting. So, yeah, just a whole mess of questions about what the fuck happened. Well, it was some kind of mushroom or something. That's as best as we can guess. I mean, it disappeared as soon as we killed it. And I got the briefest moment of being taken over by it. And I got to see, I guess, what it was. And it was, it was nightmarish. It could see through everyone and everyone it's probably good you don't remember. Everyone was in pain. It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. But I think we have a bigger problem. And yeah, we can talk about the key too, although you'll be thrilled to know that the key has gone missing. I can, I can, I, I can do magic. I can, I can do magic. I am not thrilled to know that a magical key is missing. Yeah, well, I'm, I am too. unthrilled. I'm the opposite of thrill, JR. <laughs> yeah. 
So the consensus, which is what it liked to call itself. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I had a long talk with it about possibly rebranding because, frankly, the consensus just, it, it, it was a dumb Couldn't name. agree more. It said that all of the stuff that it was saying from you was all, like, this was all your thoughts. Like, it had access to your thoughts. So you heard what it said to me, right? Which part? All of it, where you said that I was a liability and that I was dangerous and that you didn't trust me. And here's the thing. None of us are asking for a thank you, but the three of us went into that goddamn mine and we stopped this thing and you don't trust me and that hurts. That hurts a lot. And I don't know why I'm sticking around this town. I don't. This is the longest I've ever been anywhere. Listen, I appreciate what you did. I do. But I don't... You rolled into town a few months ago with a questionable backstory... I don't believe for a second your name is actually JR. I think we both know that's not true. You have a magical key. You fight monsters. Why are you here? What happened? I don't know either. I can't trust you if I don't know you, JR. It's not JR. It's June. And you're not getting a last name. But that's my first name. And I'm telling you this because here's the thing. Something is going to come for me at some point. Well, June, I'll tell you what. I got feds breathing down my neck already about this. They're asking questions about what happened in the lab. I haven't mentioned you at all, and I won't. Because Lord knows I can't explain what happened. But they're... If they ain't already here, June, they're coming. How did you get mixed up in all this? Huh. <laughs> Uh, well, I, uh, I, uh. It is a pleasantly warm Los Angeles evening. It was quite sweltering earlier in the day, but now that the stars are out and you can feel a cool breeze coming in off the ocean, you're feeling perfectly comfortable as you make your way through the very posh, very extra party that you have crashed at a celebrity mansion in North Hollywood. Tell me, JR, or June, what celebrity is hosting this party? (laughs) You should have given me so much more of a heads up. (laughs) No, I want your authentic reaction. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Um... Uh, Quick to IMDb. <laughs> We're not going to IMDb. Oh, okay. All right. Um, it's uh, it's Tobias Menzies' house, of course. And for the uninitiated, who is Tobias Menzies? Uh, let's see. He played Edmure Tully in Game of Thrones. He has a, a recurring role in Outlander, which I have not watched yet. He was in season one of The Terror, and he is in the most recent season of The Crown. Okay. So Tobias Menzies has decided to throw a... <laughs> Hannah, if we're going to do Tobias Menzies, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. You, you got to be cool. Yeah. You got to be cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Tobias Menzies is throwing a summertime soiree at his very upscale manor in North Hollywood. Tell me, JR, how did you get into this party? Uh, I snuck in with the catering crew. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Did you go like full ensemble, like outfit and everything? And then you like ditched it and switched in a bathroom? Like how did, how did it play out? Oh, I'm like dressed as wait staff. Okay. 
Yes. And then, of course, the most important question, what are you here to steal? Oh, <laughs> good question. Something shiny. Am I going into this with, <laughs> like, something specific that I want to steal, or am I just there to steal shit? If you're just there to steal all manner of things, that's totally fine. Yeah, no, I'm just like, I'm going to go in there, and we'll see what I find. You know? yeah, yeah. It's important to have goals when you are a thief, but it's also important to uh, just go in and take shit that's not yours. So, you're part of the catering crew, you are serving up some hors d'oeuvres. There's a handful of other more minor celebrities at this party, and then just a bunch of upscale Los Angelites who are partying it up. The area where most people are congregated is outside a very, very large, I think, Olympic-length swimming pool. There's an outdoor bar, and uh, things are getting revelrous, and you can see Tobias Menzies holding court at the far end of the pool. What do you do? Uh, is there like a coat check area? Yeah. Okay, we're gonna go rifle through some uh, some coats, and then depending on I what mean, I find, there, there is absolutely someone watching the coat check area. Oh, that's too bad. Okay, maybe I'll sneak upstairs see if there's something up there. Small piece of art that I could abscond with. Why don't you make me a act under pressure roll? to evade all of the guests and attendants at this party. Well, that's a 10. You slip away without incident. You find a a gap in the stream of people and you make your way upstairs. There's a number of rooms up here, several bedrooms, there's a sitting room, and most of them have various pieces of artwork in them. Anything small? Like, I'm looking at small sculptures, pottery... I'm not going to take a fucking painting. That's just, that's, that's yeah, it's like mostly paintings. comical shit. Until you reach the master bedroom. Uh-huh. Inside there, there are several pieces of art, but there's also, I think, a very nice looking bust, like a sculpture that uh, if it's not Greek or Roman, it sh- sh- sure looks like it. You're coming home with me. Yeah, I'm taking that. Where are you hiding it? How big is this thing? Uh, I mean, it's a smaller, because you were said you were looking for something smaller. It's it's yeah. not like a full size. It's probably actually just a, just a head. Okay. So it's like the size of a head. Like a human head? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a little trickier. I mean, it's manageable. it's manageable. It's not a painting, but it's still about a human head sized. Okay. So I'm going to take, um, because I was wearing weight staff gear, I had, the caterers had slacks. A button-up and a vest and then, like, a small apron. And so I'm going to take the apron and I'm going to wrap it around it. Which, of course, is not going to camouflage the size. But I also brought with me a serving tray. So I'm just going to put it on the serving tray so it looks like I'm just bringing something back to the kitchen. Okay. You gussy it up and you make your way out of the master bedroom. And Mm -hmm. you see down the long hallway there is a woman... In shit, her shit. probably late 30s, and she's heading up the stairs, and she locks eyes with you and starts walking towards you. Oh, pardon me, ma'am. Just need to get something back to the kitchen. This is extra glasses up here. Somebody left. She closes the distance to you and looks you over. She looks very nice. She has a almost like a bit of a classic movie star look to her, like uh, Audrey Hepburn, Lauren Bacall. But she's wearing much more modern and trendy fashion. She's got like a chic pattern jumpsuit on and what you would judge to be a very, very expensive diamond necklace. 
Mm-hmm. And she looks at you and she smiles and says, I was um, wondering if you knew where Mr. Menzies' master suite is. Is that what um, you were cleaning up in there? Uh, no, I was cleaning up a different room, but I think this is at the end of the hall. So, uh, yeah, just, just down that way. If you, if you don't mind me, I just need to get this back to the kitchen. Thanks. What delightful treats do you have under there? Oh, it's not. It's just some broken glasses. Somebody is up here, you know, making a mess. Probably looking for the master bedroom. And, uh, yeah, just take, just, excuse, excuse me. Just gonna squeeze right past you. Don't want to get anything. Don't want any glass to get on that lovely jumpsuit, which, by the way, it looks very nice. And if you don't mind me, and I'm just going to squeeze Thank on you past. So You're yeah. too kind. Yeah, yeah. Mm. As you try to squeeze by, she very lightly but very deftly checks you with her hip. Fuck. And the sculpture rolls off of the plate and onto the ground. Would oh, you believe me if I said that? Well... It was, uh, uh, somebody broke some art up here. Would you, would you believe you're not, you're not, fuck. I did think it was a little suspicious when you went to go upstairs when I specifically instructed all of the caterers that they were not to enter the upper domiciles of Mr. Menzies' residence. What are you doing up here? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take this and go. I don't think that you are. Uh, <laughs> what is your name? It's JR. Hmm. Now can I go? Tell me, JR, how did you get in here? Why do you need to know that? Well, it is pretty obvious that you are not part of the catering crew. So, I'm curious how you got in here, because it is no small feat to sneak into a private residence and try to abscond with a priceless artifact. I mean, I just snuck in. It wasn't that difficult. Just borrow a catering uniform and, you know, act like you belong. That's all there is to it. Is this... Wait, is this your crew? Mm. This is... This is... Yeah, this is... Yeah, you wanted this too. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, I got to it first. And I licked it. It's mine. I'm afraid that it's not going to do the trick. See I've spent a little bit of time ingratiating myself with uh, our good host. And I do believe that uh, if it's your word against mine, then, well, it's not going to be much of a contest. But I have an offer for you to consider. And I'm listening. I can turn you in, take this for myself, but uh, I like your skills. And I think that perhaps we could do business together. I'm listening. JR, how would you like to be unbelievably rich? Uh, I would like that very much. I would... I would like to be very rich. Yes. Well, then welcome to the last job you will ever need. So I got recruited to be a part of this heist. It was super last minute, and I don't... (laughs) I don't play well with others. And we were going after a painting. This painting that was going to be at the Getty Art Museum in Los Angeles. 
normally not part of their collection, some kind of rich person's private collection that they were putting on display probably for some kind of tax purposes. And there were four of us. It was me and a front person and a driver and a hacker. And that's where I got the key. And they didn't tell me what it could do, not really. I just got told that it was an encryption key, that it could break any kind of lock that I was going to have to get through. Because there was a lot of heavy-duty locks there. And I'm good with locks, but not those kinds of locks. So I got in there, and I got the painting. And then somebody on the crew, they had a different idea for how the job should go. I got out of there, but it went real bad. Real, real bad. A 20-year-old crew? Yeah, at least one of them. And you think they, maybe they sold you out to the feds? I don't know if they sold me out to the feds. I mean, you saw the tape. That key is not an encryption key. No, it is not. That key is magic. So I'm assuming that whoever's coming after me knows something about this. And I make a large gesture at, like, firmament. And then my hand, and then like another big gesture. All of this, I don't know. JR, I appreciate you telling me all this. It's just, it's a lot to. I've seen my fair share of things that are strange in this town, like I told you before, but monsters and magic keys, it's new. And if you go poking around in a national laboratory, I. I can only do so much. So we gotta we gotta work a little closer together on this if we're gonna keep working together. No, I, I know. I just this is the longest I've been around in any town. Ever. I've been on my own for so long. It's always just been me. And if it were any other town, I'd just get up and leave. But my friends are here. My friend friends. What a novel concept. Constance and Alvin and if it were just my skin in this game I would get up and leave because I don't want them to get hurt and frankly to you to some extent even though you fucking shot me I know you were like under I didn't shoot you 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 shot me that was a lot of stitches the consensum the monster that was controlling my body shot you you shot me stony you shot me still real mad about that but if i can't keep them safe then i should leave because i can't put them in any more danger so if there comes a day that you're not able to or willing to help me you know 24 hours notice that's all i need and i'll put this town in my rearview mirror i think we're past that at this point jr we're in this business together now. We both got too much skin in the game. Okay, well, that's always an option, and then I wouldn't be your problem anymore, would I? You wouldn't be my solution either. All right. I'd still be a, a mushroom whammy mess if you weren't around, so. God, and you were a real pain in the ass when you were, like, part of the consortium. Like, a re- oh my god. Again, mm-hmm. not me. Had no no recollection, no control whatsoever. Oh, real. Mm, mm. Sounds like the consensus was the real pain in the ass. 
All right. I guess we'll uh, see where this takes us, won't we? I suppose we will. Hey, JR. Yeah? Find that fucking key, please. I'm real nervous about that thing floating around. <laughs> oh, you and me both. I kind of can't put any ads in Craigslist for it, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sure try to find it. Well, if I can help, let me know. I'll keep my eyes open. All right, Chief Locke. June, you, uh, have a pleasant evening. Constance, unlike Alvin and JR, I think your scene comes a bit later. I think you try several more times to get in contact with your boonie, unsuccessfully. Yeah. And I think that leads you, because you haven't had any problems before. And so I think that leads you down a little bit of a rabbit hole researching that. And reading through some books, you come across a bit of advice. It's not in any one location, it's sort of patched together, but... If the dead are not responding, there are ways that you can bring them to the table. And the most efficient means of doing that is to strengthen the bridge, to strengthen the tether between you and the person that you're trying to contact. And the best way that you can think to do that is to learn more about your boonie and to talk to some of the folks who knew her, not just your mother, because you've talked to your mother already. Boy, haven't I. (laughs) Yeah. And that well, I won't say it's dry, but you know. We're waiting for a new rainy season there. Uh, (laughs) 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 So it might be time to talk to some different people around town. Because your boonie had friends. You don't necessarily know much about them, but... Yeah, she was pretty active. So if you want to bridge this divide, if you want to cover this distance, if you want to get the truth, you need to find your boonie's friends and ask about her. All right. So this is actually going to be basically a, a big magic version of your past lives move. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, big magic is something normally uh, reserved for use magic, and it allows you to do things that are bigger and better and more complicated. But in this case, we're going to apply it to your past lives move. There are specific requirements for big magic or big past lives. And in this case, the requirements are going to be You will need to spend a lot of time researching. In this case, you spent some time doing the research and you're going to be reaching out to these folks. You will need some rare ingredients or supplies. In this case, more information about your boonie's life. You will need a lot of people's help, the people that you are going to get in touch with. Um, And I think that's it. So it's going to be those three requirements, um, which you're going to get by pursuing these leads. And the cool thing about big magic or big past lives is that there's not actually a role at the end. So once you complete the requirements, it just happens. Ooh, I like this. (laughs) So tell me how you approach this. Okay. Um, well, oh yeah, my storage unit. I put a bunch of boonies things that didn't fit in the studio anymore in the storage unit. So I go and I unlock the storage unit and I start rustling through things until I find, you know, those like old school photo albums where like, It was before you could go to a craft store. You kind of had to make it yourself. Mm -hmm. She had made quite a few of those about her life, about my mom, about me. There's some terribly embarrassing photos in there of me. But there's also some that are just kind of like her social life in town. It's like uh, like town events and things like that. 
Yeah. I pull that out. I also pull out, she had written a little history of the town as she knew it. It had things like the hot dog festival and <laughs> records of like when Dale accidentally drove forward instead of reverse and landed inside Moe's restaurant, you know. Yeah. Little little things like that. So I pull both the photo albums and that little handwritten history so that I can match some faces with some names. So what I'm going to have you do here is roll to investigate a mystery. But rather than holds to ask questions, you're going to get the corresponding number of leads. All right. I'm really good at investigating mysteries, everyone. <laughs> like, it may be my best and only talent. Oh uh, that's a 14? Oh, okay. Okay. I was so worried you were going to curse it. <laughs> <laughs> it would be near impossible would, for me to curse fitting, it. Like, I'm so good at it. <laughs> so double it. ones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could, but it would be really hard. Yeah, 14. I kind of want to give you more leads with that good of a roll, but I don't know if we're going to have time to do three scenes. So write a letter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Send an email. How about this? I'll give you a choice of three. And then you can pick two. Okay. You can get a lead about your boonie's experience as a monster hunter. You can get a lead about what your boonie did in her last days to keep you safe. Or you can get a lead about unknown elements of your family. Oof. Mm. Those all are so enticing. <laughs> this is like, you know what this is, Quinn? You know what you've done to me here? The terrible <laughs> burden of choice. Well, that too, but what you've essentially done is you have sent me the best spam email from 23andMe or Ancestry.com, and you're like, here's three really important things about you and your family and your personal well-being, uh, but you got to pay a subscription to get it, otherwise you only get two, except I can't pay a subscription, so that's not even going to help me. Okay. Oh. I am going to choose the one about what my boonie did to protect me. I would love to know that. That would be excellent. And there's no good answer here. But I will go with um, more about my boonie's past as a monster hunter. Okay. So you find a few things in here. Among the, the pictures, most of these are just pictures from around the town. Your boonie was a, an active member of the community. You know, she taught skiing lessons. She trained would-be Olympic athletes. You know, she participated in a number of festivals, both as an organizer and as a enthusiastic participant. And she just seemed to be popular. People seemed to like her. What's her secret? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. <laughs> but there's one picture that strikes you as odd, because she's not in it. It's a picture of a fairly young couple and a little kid who's probably about six or seven years old. And they're standing in front of a house, and they look tired, but they're smiling. And there's a little note that reads, thank you for saving us. And it's signed Joshua, Claire, and Cecilia Jackson. Oh, shit. In your Boonies journal. Again, it's mostly just a log of the town. And there's a lot of interesting random tidbits, but for the purposes of what you're looking for... Towards the end, there's a note scribbled on the side that says, remind Ethel once a week, every week, no exceptions. Keep her safe. Oh, God damn it. Ethel. 
Those are your two leads. You know, this is why it's important to get to know your neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I go to knock on Ethel's door with the incriminating evidence. She opens the door and Gladys tackles you immediately. Oh, oh, hi. Yes. Gladys down. Gladys down. So well behaved. Oh, I'm Did I'm you... sorry, dearie. Come 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 in. Come in. Would you like um, um would you like a hard candy? No, I'm good. Are you sure you don't want uh, a hard candy, dear? Yeah, fine, I'll take a I'll I'll, I'll take one off your hands. But she I put it in my candy. pocket. Lovely to see you, Constance. What can I do for you? Well Come in, come in. And she ushers you inside. Okay. So I thought, first of all, I just want a kind of blanket apology for um, general bad neighborliness. I don't feel like I've been the best neighbor. I definitely could have been better uh, in general well, to you. You did promise me that cake and I, I never got it. <laughs> you know, that was me being very <laughs> nice to you. Trust me, it would have been worse if you did get it. Oh, um, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, cooking is not one of my strong suits. I could paint you a painting of a cake. Oh, sure. Yes, dear. That would be lovely. Okay, yeah. No, I'll I'll I can share my art with you. That that that's really how I can show appreciation. And hey, hold on to it. Who knows? Might be worth something in the future. Eh? Eh? That's the spirit, dear. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Ethel, I I realize I'm about to put you in an awkward position. But I have recently gotten to understand my boonie's life better the parts of it that are a little weirder so to speak and i'm sure you've also noticed that i've been dabbling in some weirder life experiences lately first of all i'm trying to keep myself and my friends safe and the best way to do that is to have the right information and it has been a struggle to get that and sometimes I feel like I am <laughs> swiping in the dark hoping that I make the right choice and that nobody gets hurt. So with that in mind, I would like to ask you what this pertains to and then I show her. Oh dear. Well, your grandmother made me promise that I would never talk about it, but is it working? Well, I did what she asked me to do. If you're asking me if my home feels particularly safe from things that go bump in the night, then it's definitely working. It would really help me out to have a better understanding of what exactly it is. I never did really understand why she didn't want to tell you. Can't see why it hurts. I can't imagine it's really real, but... She said that it would keep you safe, that it would keep your house safe from evil spirits. She protected you while she was here, but when she passed, I would have to stop by once a week to renew the ritual. Okay. And she gets up and she walks over to one of the cabinets in her kitchen and pulls out a Joy of Cooking cookbook. (laughs) (laughs) And flips to the very last page and then pulls it out and you realize that it doesn't belong in that cookbook and instead what is on it 
is a series of notes written by Hirbuni, several other sigils in that cipher, and a symbol. And she lays it out on the table in front of you and says, Once a week I was to come by, just very discreetly trace this onto the wall of the house. That would keep you safe somehow. Seems like hocus pocus to me, but it was very important to your boonie, and I promised her in her last days that I would do it. So every week when I walk Gladys by, just trace a little little sign there and then walk on by. Is that what you wanted, dearie? Yes, it is. I know that it probably doesn't make any sense to you, and it's really easy to just kind of say, oh, that's silly and not do it, but I really appreciate you keeping her wish. She loved you very much, dear. I knew that, but I'm beginning to understand that in a new way. And it is very nice to see that as much as she loved me, other people in this town loved her. She was a good soul. She was. Uh, Should I keep doing it? Dear God, yes. Sorry, oh. sorry. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. That's, Please. that's fine, dear. <laughs> I really, really would appreciate if you kept doing it. Can I also just take like snap a photo of of this page here you can have it dearie i know the symbol by heart (laughs) i i can only imagine you do at this point but i i mean it's something that boonie gave to you and i don't want to take that from you i have lots of wonderful memories of your grandmother dearie i don't need a piece of paper to know what she meant to me oh i hug Mm -hmm. ethel very gently she hugs you back it's surprisingly warm and strong. Mm. Thank you, Ethel. You're welcome, dearie. She gives you one more hard candy and lets you go on your way. I eat it. This, I, eat this one. <laughs> I show her my appreciation. Do you want to jump straight ahead? Yes. Um, <laughs> wow. Ooh. Ethel coming in with the save. Okay. Um, yes, I would like to jump straight ahead. Well... The photo with the thank you for saving us. The kid is Cecilia. Okay, it is. That's Cecilia. I do recognize her, I imagine. she. I mean, she's much younger. I think we established she's about your age now. Yeah. But the resemblance is undeniable. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly, I do have her phone number. Uh, I'm sure you could get it from Leon if you don't have it. That's fine. I do want to um, just text her a photo of the photo. And be like, we need to talk. I, I want her to know going in what we're talking about. I think her first text back is, where did you get that? Meet up and we'll talk about it. You get a text back almost immediately that just says Riverside Park, 6 p.m. Great. Meet you there. You arrive at the center of town at Riverside Park. There's a smattering of people playing. There's some people throwing frisbee around, a couple college students. It's a nice late fall, almost winter evening. And you see Cecilia sitting on a park bench. Great. I have my Instagram backpack with me. (laughs) (laughs) And I pull out a jar of Nutella and two spoons. It's one of the big ones. It's the Costco one. Okay. So, hey, Cecilia. Constance, please sit down. Yeah, I think that would be good. Where did you get that photo? We'll get to that. This is going to be a longer conversation. I'd need to know. I don't know how you process information, but I prefer a little guilty pleasure at the same time. And I scoop into the Nutella, and I've offered her a spoon. 
she stares at you for a moment and then takes the spoon and digs a big spoonful out and starts nibbling on it. Perfect. So we don't need to pretend you were there, I was there. We clearly both were not surprised by what was going on in our town. So we both know that weird things happen here. I have recently come to realize that my boonie. What is a boonie? My grandma. Oh. Sorry, my grandma whose studio I now live in and whose weapons we used and whose magical incantations, by the way, were what stopped uh, whatever that thing was from getting inside. I am coming to realize that my grandma lived a very different life than I thought she did. And she did a lot for this town in the weird department. And I, for better or for worse, have started to follow in her footsteps. But I'm trying... I, I, I need... I need to catch up. I am so far behind knowing what's going on in our town and who knows my grandma and what she's she was capable of and maybe what I'm capable of. So I've been looking through her things and this was in them. As you're saying this, you're seeing a realization wash over her face. And by the end, she's just kind of staring at you blankly. And when you finish, she says... Wait, are you saying your grandmother was Brandusa? I am. I guess that would explain why you have this picture. I suppose you want the story then? Yeah! I mean, I'm sharing the Nutella. We're here in story time, alright? Like, I'm pouring <laughs> out my heart. Of course I want the story. Yeah, well, and she takes another big spoonful of Nutella. Sit back. You're gonna be the fourth person who knows this. I had a brother growing up. Charlie. We were really close. I don't know if you ever uh, swam in the Elkhorn. Yeah. It gets dangerous this time of year. And she actually looks over and you can see it's uh, it's going pretty good. A lot of people think, you know, it's safer in fall, but the currents will surprise you. We were playing in the river one day when we were kids and Charlie got swept away. For a long time, he... Um, he wasn't at peace. Our house... Oh God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Our house was haunted. He was stuck there, and he was confused, and he was scared, and he was angry. Doors would slam. Pictures would fall off the wall. Things would float in the air. We would see him sometimes. At first, my parents didn't believe me, but then they started to see him too. But no one else, no one else could see him. My parents were ready to move. They thought he was going to kill us. Somehow your grandmother, your boonie, she got word of it. And she said she could help. She came over one night. And she had all these books. She had chalk and candles. And she drew all these strange things on the walls. And she said these strange things. I was really young when it happened. I don't remember all of it. But after that night, Charlie got to move on. You want to know why I'm so eager to help you, to help Leon? This town's got something wrong with it, and we got to fix it. Your boonie was part of that. She helped me when no one else could. And she takes another big scoop of Nutella. I top off with another big scoop. <sighs> I'm really sorry about what happened to your family. But thank you for helping me get a better understanding of my own. It's a learning process. 
she smiles a little bit. Hearing the work that she did in this town and what she did for you and your your parents and for your brother, it's really nice to hear and it's also slightly terrifying because I don't know if she intended me to take that on. And if she did, honestly, she didn't really prepare me for it. Have you um, um have you come to one of Leon's meetings? No. I know you guys are well, friends maybe. <laughs> seems complicated but you might want to stop by sometime we try to do good and try to learn more but if nothing else it's uh it's good support folks who have been through strange stuff together just come by sometime yeah i think i'll do that i take another little scoop of nutella i kind of like whoo shake off a little bit of that and go i know you were really little but do you know Did your parents ever talk about how she found you? We never talked about it again. They wanted to move past it. I mean, I did too until recently. What made you change your mind? Knowing there are other folks out there. Knowing that I wasn't the only one. How many people are in this group? About a dozen right now. But it seems like we get a new person every day. Wow. Yeah, I think it's time that we start to connect the dots a little bit on what's been going on in our town. Swing by sometime. We meet in the prospector. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Well, and she uh, stands up. I think it's about time I uh, headed out, but I hope you find what you're looking for, Constance. It's later that evening, and you are sitting, I think, alone in front of the disc, and you are feeling that same sense of panic that you have before. But amidst the panic, you feel a path forward that you didn't previously. Whatever distance has existed between you and your boonie, it's shrinking. And if you reach out, you think you can grab it now. So, Constance, are you ready to make contact with your boonie? Yes. Let's do it. You reach out, and as you're doing so, the lights around this room start to flicker, and you start to hear this strange hum, and the color starts to drain around you, and it is replaced by this silver glow, and then you lose consciousness. When you awaken, you are standing alone in the darkness. You're not sure where you are, but it must be underground because there's no light from the moon or the stars above. You can see the wisp of your own breath in front of you, and you realize that this place you're in is bracingly cold. And as you look around, you can see that all around you are these ethereal ice formations these towering cairns, snaking tendrils, these thin spears jutting up from the ground. A whisper up ahead catches your attention, and you see Emil, your grandfather, kneeling over something on the ground. You step forward with the lantern that you're holding, and it comes into view. A disc of blackened metal, exactly like the one you found in the mine, but fully intact. Emil is crouched over in front of it, reading quietly from a thick, weathered tome. This is foolish, Emil. Beyond foolish. 
You have no idea what you're dealing with. He doesn't look up. You can see his breath is ragged and labored. We have another child to think about. Remember Magdalena? What if something happens to us? Remember Georgiana? He spits back, and you can feel yourself as your boonie taken aback by the vitriol. She's still out there somewhere. We can't give up on her. We don't even know if it'll work. It'll work! It has to work. He returns to the invocations, and as he does so, there is a sharp pressurization that causes your ears to pop. All around you, you see these pinpricks of light appear in the darkness. And where they appear, the space around them starts to collapse inward. Everything in the immediate area is condensed into obscurity, and the space further out is stretched and distorted. You shout something at Emil, but he doesn't move. The lights are beginning to twinkle and dance. Two of them drift close together, and a bolt of lightning arcs between them, followed by a deafening clap of thunder. The ground beneath you shakes. Behind you comes another, and another, and another, and quickly the cave is engulfed in a symphony of light and chaos. It's too loud now for words, so you rush forward to Emil. You throw your arms around him and try to pull him away, but he won't move. He turns to face you, and there are tears streaming down his tired face. I have to try, he says, barely audible between the blasts. And a tightness grips your chest. Rage. Sorrow, love. You feel it all as you stand over him. But beneath everything, at your core, you feel an implacable sense of responsibility. You press your lips against his one last time, and you run. The moments that follow are a blur. You slip through lightning and falling rocks as the ground beneath you quakes. You look back once because you can't help yourself and you see Emil encased in a circle of crackling electricity. You stumble and a boulder crushes your arm. You fight your way back up. You keep going and going and going until you reach the mouth of the cavern, just moments before it caves in. And you collapse, sobbing into the empty black night. catches your attention, and you see Emil, your grandfather, kneeling over something on the ground. You step forward with the lantern that you're holding, and it comes into view. A 